Welcome to episode 16 of Hey My Man. Back is my brother Mike. Hello. Nick. Hi. Myself and Steve is not here this week. Before, uh, well not before we get started, but I want you guys, this will be up on Facebook. Look at this picture. You see that clearly? Yes. Describe yes. describe what this picture is. It uh, looks like three urinals. It's a picture of three urinals. The reason I bring this up is... Yesterday, when I was attending Steve's wedding, I walked into the bathroom. There's one other person in this bathroom. There's three urinals, and then to the left of it, there's two stalls. Yeah, it was in there. A handicapped stall, regular bathroom. To the this far left urinal has a half wall. Okay. And there's a sink on the other side of it. Right. Well, the point is, there's one guy in the bathroom. He which, was in the which middle urinal. Do you, which urinal do you think this guy was using? Middle. Why? What's the urinal etiquette? He would use either all the way to the right or all the way to the left. That's the correct way. What would you do? I'd probably go all the way to the left. What's the thought process of, of using the middle? Anybody? Mm, I have Like no just idea. extra room? Like when I have your arms out? Unless when he came in, somebody was either... There was nobody the there. We were the first people in the building. I followed him into the bathroom. <laughs> and I, even, I stood behind him and I thought, you know what? I could probably use the... Uh, the stalls, I'm like, but that's not what those are for. Those are for children and people who are pooping. That's it. And handicapped people, obviously. So you would, even if it, if there was three people, one in each I guess, urinal, yeah, no, at no, that that's, point, would you use the stall? Yeah, in that situation. But it depends I'm, how bad you have to go. Yeah, I would probably, Sometimes I would rather wait. wait. You would go in the stall? Absolutely, without hesitation. I, I think you're, you, if there was already a guy there, you would probably go in the stall instead of using one of the two other ones. Depends on what the guy looked like. What? Depends what if the guy looked like he was somebody that was gonna try to touch me, then maybe I'd use the stall. <laughs> I want that barrier. Well, I know Nick just has babies, so he's not really taking them to the bathroom yet. But I know with a small child, you know, you learn to respect the stall because sometimes you have to take your child in there and you don't want to wipe up somebody else's piss off the seat to let your child go to the bathroom. Well, it's if you have I don't yeah, my boy, I mean I guess he can do whatever he could deal with that himself not my problem right well when he was no. little i'm sure you sat him on the toilet right no i, held, I, held, I held him by his okay. waist and they just like you know, i actually did that to my nephew him. a couple times <laughs> yeah no i i never uh well, i have I a daughter really, so yeah. i guess it's different yeah well that that case i would just make my wife take how does that work if you're with her somewhere out and you need to go to the bathroom a little girl you're what smuggling you her into the men's room <laughs> yeah i take her in the men's room you just you just quickly walk past. Right. And it's not like the people are facing the urinal. The urinals right. don't have like a mirror in front of them where you can see the reflection of people. You know, yeah. what, you, feel... what, what happens in men's rooms that you men's rooms that you go to? <laughs> that, that like you can't like someone drug should, deals. should not be in there. Somebody's might touch your wiener. Again, she wouldn't understand a drug deal even if it happened in front of her anyway. So Yeah, that's not but my I just thought it was funny because I as I'm standing behind the guy, he goes, Yeah, I'm a dickhead, aren't I? And I go Oh, no, I just wonder why. And he goes, yeah, I should have chose one side or the other. And so I thought about, 
I, you know what? I didn't want to ruin Steve's wedding by going around and asking a bunch of people, showing them this picture and saying, you know, what do you think? <laughs> do a survey. What, what do you do I, in this situation? I tend to have a feeling that that guy kind of ruined the wedding for you a little bit. No, absolutely not. It threw you off the rest of the night. No, it didn't. It, it, made, it, was... it made my night because right away, right off the bat, I was like, okay, something to talk about. I got this for the podcast. I think it's an actual. But the problem is in, in Chicagoland, when you bring up any situation like this, the first thing people go to is like, well, you know, what if you're at Wrigley Field? People pee in a giant trough. What do you do in that situation? And my thing is you you pee in a trough. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to wait in line. I, that I, w- I would not wait. The trough has infinite possibilities. You just get in there. and Now, right, I know right then, right then and there, you're saying that ain't happening. Are you, I get, you're waiting for a stall every time no, there's I'd a trough. Be, I'd, I'd... Let me ask you this. Why, have you ever been in a bathroom? I know you have. Especially at, like, schools or where like you know where there's like the i guess it doesn't matter whether it's a toilet or a urinal but there's handprints on the wall behind the toilet <laughs> or the urinal you know what I'm talking about like dirty handprints like over time it's left right. a, a stain on the paint who who's putting their who's got and there's two hands i i've never had to take a rest no uh, yeah like i don't know what the deal i don't know what something. the deal is can i've always wanted to know and i wish someone would tell me what the deal why is that like i on one hand i could see if you're like leaning and you're drunk that's that's the only thing I yeah, can think but, of. Yeah, but the two hands, both hands. Now, maybe one hand over time, some people are left-handed and some people are right-handed, but I'm getting the idea that somebody has both hands on the wall while they're going to the bathroom. I, I would say that it would deter me to think that it's a handprint made out of disgusting, like, grime and, like, Yeah, it dirt. is, absolutely, but I'm saying, where are your hands? Why are like, both your hands People are still touching the- it after they see the dirt print. And for... For women who don't understand, I'm I'm talking about someone who's leaning forward to pee, and their hands are above the toilet, both hands on the wall. Like, uh, buddy, it's gonna be a while. I need to. I think my brother doesn't. Don't you have a here. friend or know somebody who had like a urinal with handlebars above the urinal? Uh, that was at a bar, oh. actually. <laughs> they you had mean? like I think there were three or four urinals, and they had uh, motorcycle handlebars it's, above it's, each. Like one. to me, it's funny. That's a good. That's funny, but like, would you put your hand on that? No. Yeah, that, that's, that's just the I most try not thing. to touch anything in a bathroom. Yeah, it was funny because my kid uh, came out of the bathroom the other day and my wife was like, hey, did you wash your hands? He's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, I know I'm clean. So I'm not touching <laughs> anything else because other people touch their wieners and then touch the faucet. And then if you clean yourself and then turn the faucet off, you touched how many other wieners. So I'm just going to worry about mine, which I know is good to go. So that's that. Smart kid. Right. Where did he pick that up from? A buddy of mine's grandfather told him that. Pass that down to me. <laughs> you just carry a little disinfectant with you and you're all good. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? You don't know who else and what they've touched. For germaphobes, I'm, I think that people would, if you sit and think about it, it's not that, it's not that bad of an idea. I'm I've been doing it for probably 20 years. That's why I don't shake your hand. <laughs> um it doesn't matter if there's dividers, just real quick on the urinals, does it matter, like, this one is like a freestanding where there's zero dividers between each urinal, they're just urinal, 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 Usually, sometimes there's, like, barricades, does that matter? I mean, does that make you more comfortable if there's a, I just thought it was funny where you're like, I, the guy next to me, I just see what he looks like, if he might touch me, has anyone ever touched you while you are peeing? <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I got to know, uh, did so it happen? A person offered to shake my hand. Your hand? Yeah. Well, that's not that bad. While you were peeing? Yeah. yeah. That's just like, like offered to shake your hand or was before like, the Jimmy Kimmel did on the man show. I don't, I don't remember seeing that, but like you were talking like a guy you ran I just into pretended had... that he didn't do it and left after I was done. Why did you know him? Mm-mm. Well, under what 
I hope this is. Just I'm a, making it. Oh, up. Right. It didn't happen. I could see someone like I've run into people in the in the bathroom before. A guy that uh, I'm not going to name who it is, but that we both used to work with. This guy would love to corner you in the bathroom and have a conversation while both of you. Now there was a. a he might be in the stall. Yeah. He, in mid. <laughs> this is you a know, funny story because I came out of the bathroom. In mid relief. This guy he was uh, taking a number two, and he I was peeing and this guy farted so loud. Now he's in a bathroom. And uh, he Still fart, funny. he farts. Oh yeah, he farted super loud. I, I laughed, and he goes, "I'm uh, sorry about that." Like from the, he doesn't know who that it's me out there. He has no idea who the other person is. Right. I and think like, he hey, looks hey, I go, hey. shoes and nose. No, because I was too honestly. Far. Well, I go, hey, which is kind of weird. This is where you could be doing that. You don't have to apologize for it. It's all good. I understand. But I came out and I told I told Nick, and he goes, "He did that to me too." So he I, don't know, I don't know if he sits in there and he like and he just you just know excuses he, himself yeah, in yeah. case somebody else is in there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's that'd be an interesting thing is to put a tape recorder in there just to see every time he farts if it's just an automatic excuse me. Didn't you turn the lights off on him once when yeah. he was in there? More than once. That wasn't yeah. That that's always interesting to see. But the, you know what? That used to be a great joke until everybody had cell phones with the flashlight. Because then it was the first time it happened when a guy came out. He's like, dude, I got a flashlight on my cell phone. But here's the, the kicker to that. You might have a flashlight on your cell phone, but and that's good for you to be able to see. But when somebody else walks in the bathroom and it's pitch black and they flip the light on and you're in the stall by yourself, I go explain how do you explain it? <laughs> Especially if it's someone who doesn't work with you or doesn't know you. It's a you know just a public bathroom and you're right. in there and it's completely dark. They flip on the light and they're like thinking they're alone in there and then they hear you know the toilet paper thing is spooling out or, or whatever and you have to walk out of the stall. It's got to be a pretty uh, awkward moment with um, your flashlight out. Yeah, with, yeah, and you got your cell phone in hand. You probably, I'm on my cell phone anyway, so, you know, got to pass the time. What were you, uh, you were asking me something about bringing your, you were getting invited, got invited to a party? Yeah, um, we've had a couple conversations with proper, um, Party invitation acceptance etiquette? Yeah, and about people that bring stuff and then, take it with them when they leave people that are packing themselves a to go meal, that kind of thing. Well, awesome. And th I think this kind of goes along with it. If you're invited to a party, like let's say I'm having a party at my house. I'm like, Hey Dave, you know, or, or Mike either it applies to either one of you guys. Like, why don't you guys <laughs> Not you, come? Just me. W would you feel that that's also okay for you to bring your kid? It depends on your wife. Having a bachelor party. What kind of party? Well, let's just say, Let's just say I'm inviting you over to for a couple of beers. No, I would probably my first question to you would be, "Is your wife going to be there?" And that from that point on, that would determine whether because I'm assuming your next question would be, or you you know you would say yes or no. And if your wife wasn't there, I'm not bringing my wife, and I'm definitely not bringing my kids. Right, or ask my wife and I, or just me. You know, I usually like to clarify just so I know. What, I mean, are you? I think the invite would. It should all be in the invite. If you were to call and say, "Hey, what what are you and what are you and Julie doing?" Then I would know that it's an invitation for, or you know, "Hey, what do you got? What are you and your family doing?" But if you ask me to come, I'm never going to bring my wife over to drink a couple of beers with you. When you're saying, "Hey, do you want to drink a couple of beers?" I I don't want to bring her. I you know, I don't know what happened. No, there there's some people that I've I've noticed that if you say, "Hey, you know, why don't you come on over?" Uh, they without Who are asking. These people? Just people that I know that I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be an etiquette. So, so then at our house, then we've got to go out of our way to figure out a way to, to entertain 
kids anywhere from the ages of like four to 12. Yeah, I guess my, my thing is, is I usually don't invite, I'm never the inviter. So I just consider that like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to entertain anybody if I don't have that. That's my goal in the beginning, but it usually ends up not that way because I feel obligated. That's, that's the worst part about, you know what? I'd rather be at somebody else's house than at my house because I can leave. Right. That's, you know, but again, I'm a, I'm a Grinch. So, you know, different, different strokes for different folks. But I, the same thing, you know, the, every, anytime when people say, Hey, you want to go to a bar you want to meet up and do this or that? I'm always like, you know what? Hey, I'll, I'll meet you there. I don't want to ever jump in a car with anybody else. Cause I hate being stuck with people, especially if, you know, if it ends up having being a shitty time and I want to bail out, you know, you, you can't, if you're, you know, what are you going to do? Call somebody else to come pick me up. I'd rather just have my own car. Another thing is people always ask, and I'm sure I've said it before. If you, if people come like are talking about like, Hey, you're going to come over and we're going to drink a couple beers in the garage, or they're going to, you know, we're going to have a party. Um, I, my, I always tell everybody this, and I'm sure both of you guys know if, if you're going to come to my house and you're going to drink, you are responsible for what you do. And I mean this, you're not spending the night at my house. There will be no circumstance where you sleep inside of my house. Let all, the Short of it, it being like a nuclear winter or some kind of crazy thing like that, you could sleep in the car in the driveway. You could sleep in the car in the street. But you should already have a plan in your head that I need to drink responsibly. Um, and then I'll be leaving at the end of the night. Because who wants to wake up like and tell, I tell my wife, like, hey... Nick's on the couch downstairs. He had too much to drink. He's not able to make it home. I'm not going to get you a cab. I expect that you're going to get in your car and figure it out and drive safely, responsibly. And uh, Would you go out of your way to actually drive that person home rather than have them sleep absolutely. at your house? I, you know what? Rather than have them sleep at my house, yeah, but I'm not going to do that either. I would tell you straight up. Right, you because sleep you've been in the drinking car. all night, start yeah, walking. Yeah, Give me your thing. keys and when, start walking. This, this is honest to God's truth. When, if I go out, I don't ever really drink, ever. I pretty much... My wife will drink, and I usually, you know, I if especially if I'm driving my kids, I won't even have one drink. So if my wife is drinking, I know I'm going to have to, you know, I got to drive her around all night, so I really don't even drink. If I'm at my own house, though, yeah, that's the time where it's like I can have a couple more, and I'm not, you need to be worried about yourself. Um, what were you going to say, Nick, about leftovers at the party? No, me and Dave have had this conversation several times where... If, if you come to somebody's party... And you bring a, like a twelve pack of a craft beer, or something that you, or food you know, something or like say bring like say you bring Stella, you bring a twelve pack of Stella, yeah. And it's a party where people usually drink Miller Lite or you know whatever. And you come in and you bring it there, and you know beside you, you know you've had like three or four, and somebody else has one or two, and it's getting close to the end of the night. Do you take your beer back when you leave, or do you just leave it at their house? I guess it depends whose house it is. And how good of friends I am with them. Yeah, I mean, if you don't care that's about being an asshole, if you don't it. care about being an asshole, then I agree with you. That's what it comes down to. I don't care about being right. an asshole. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I am an asshole. No, that's, so. why, that's how I agree. <laughs> I'm saying like if you if it, if it was like a you know someone you knew you were going to see in the future and continue you know continue if it was like a friend of a friend's house, yeah, absolutely. You know, I would be taking it back with me. Right. But also you have the people that will come over and bring a 12-pack of Miller Lite and then immediately pull a Stella out of the fridge. Right. And it's like, no, that's not happening. It needs to be a – and I don't, I'm not going to drink Miller Lite ever. I won't drink Miller Lite if there's no other beer in the house. I'd rather just not drink. So five or six Miller Lights does not equal one good beer to me. 
so you know if you're i don't have a problem especially like if you're gonna come over don't bring anything it's an insult to me i'd rather you come over and drink stella or whatever else you know three floyds or whatever craft beer i have and not bring a miller light and leave it in my fridge or an old you know a six pack of old milwaukee or, or whatever you got because no one's drinking that right somebody will but it ain't gonna be me and I'm, I'm looking out for for number one so i can tell you i just emptied the uh beer fridge in my garage and we had a four-year-old um, budweiser no it wasn't budweiser it was Pabst. a uh, foster's one four-year-old foster's like somebody like, bought are a we gonna hold on to this who's would you know who's it could you trace the roots back yeah it was from one of our labor day parties a guy brought i think he brought a six pack and we were down to the last one in the fridge everybody like, like people were like throw it away it's been in there for four years well, now nobody's drank it just throw it away it's the lone it's the lone fosters and, and for four years every people opened it up looked at it and were like nah i'm gonna let that go right I'm going to try to, but were you hoping that one day somebody would look in there and be like, Hey, you know what? I just forgot it was in there. It, the can is taller than all the other cans. How'd you forget? They were bottles. Oh, I didn't even know Foster's came in bottles. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Uh, this week there was some, uh, I don't think they're interesting news stories, but the, the big news story, two of them, um, Beyonce lip syncing at the inauguration of the president. Any comments? Hopefully you have something. I heard her kind of give an explanation, uh, and I guess it's something. She's was it, it pre-recorded? No, it, they they actually she was lip syncing to that. That would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. But no, I guess she basically just said, "Hey, like singers do this all the time. It was cold and that time to rehearse. It was me. I pre-recorded it and just you know." I mean, did it that I really didn't care. I and and I am actually conservative, as you know, and I really don't make a point to hide it. And I think it was just like you know typical political stuff where if it was George Bush's inauguration four years ago, and anything that they can find to to humiliate or to to bring any kind of bad press or light to that, they would. And just like republicans are doing it now so oh you so say that that's your your you think yeah, I mean, republicans yeah. are the ones that are making a big deal out of beyonce lip-syncing I, I wouldn't say just Repu- i mean there's obviously your, your I late night that much thought into it i never even your late night comedian you know like jimmy kimmel and all those guys i'm sure just poked a little joke and that was it but i mean uh, you know you got crazies on the you know right-wing crazies that are trying to make it something into nothing or well, nothing I mean, personally into something. what do you do you care i don't even i do could you, care less do you care i do care why I don't know why. I just think it's, you know, whether you like him or not, he's our president. And show a little respect. It's one song on his inauguration but she day. Did, she did show respect because she probably would have done a horrible job. So she's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and... At least she would have done it. Who cares, though? I care. Well, I guess that, that that's that. I don't know why. So you I thought it was do. disrespectful to Obama by her not Absolutely. doing Absolutely. Kelly Clarkson was there and sang live. How do you know? Because they said she did. Well, nobody said that Beyonce didn't until somebody did. So somebody came out tomorrow and said Kelly Clarkson also didn't sing. Then I wouldn't be happy about that either. <laughs> I'm not happy to hear but either of them sing at all, ever. It was I did like that picture of Bill Clinton and checking it was our, out. Uh... <laughs> I think everybody liked that. <laughs> I think no matter what, whoever it is, it's a national anthem. It should be sung live. Even by Roseanne? Period. It, absolutely. <laughs> I think she would have done her better job than Beyonce. <laughs> I, I highly doubt that. I highly doubt that. My favorite story of the week, and I put it like immediately when it came out, because I saw, saw a friend of mine put it on Facebook. It's the uh, Jason London poops in a police car story. Are you familiar <laughs> with this? I, I glanced over it. Jason London is 
the actor who played uh, Randall Floyd on um, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused. The, like the main, I guess character. the second main character. And apparently he walked into a strip club from what I read. He walked, his, the, the story goes, he walks into a strip club. He sneezes on another patron. They start going back and forth. The bouncers approach him and, you know, start telling him, hey, you know what? You need to calm down, blah, blah, blah. There was in he, Arizona. It was in Scottsdale, I believe. Yeah. That's where he, washed up uh, Hollywood types go from what I hear. And he, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of hot people there, though. Well, men and women. I've been there, and it was it was amazing. Everyone looks really good out there. I don't know why. Yeah, go to Phoenix, California. Phoenix, it's even better there. Just over to Phoenix? Not so much. Scottsdale? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, so apparently the bouncers, you know, try to kick him out. He's throwing out there that he's a celebrity. He's this. He's that. And uh, he says they take him outside. Like three, three. I think he tweeted about it. Like three bouncers took him outside and basically caved the side of his. I think he fractured both of his orbitals. He was really messed up. And then the police came and pretty much dragged him away after the fact. And at some point, he shit inside the police car. But I, apparently, from what from what I read, he was like still yelling stuff toward the police and just you know being belligerent. But the best part about it was so well he his people come back and say, well that's not what happened. He still has people. Yeah, apparently, uh, his people. I didn't come, know he was a celebrity. His, I thought that was the last thing he did. <laughs> his people come back and say, hey, uh, he basically what happened is this guy was having he was happy go lucky. He was in there not causing a problem at all. And these three thugs dragged him outside and, you know, they beat the living shit out of him. And this guy, like, he has no idea why. Well, the best thing was, and I wish I could, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, the Hema Man Facebook page, you'll see the link I have. They actually interview his girlfriend who's like, yeah, this guy gets drunk and he tends to be a big loudmouth jerk off pretty much. <laughs> so, that, like, that Oops. was like one of the very first things that happened before they got his side of the story. Like, his girlfriend right away was like, I tend to believe he probably brought this one on on himself a little bit. He's kind of a dick when my, he drinks. My thing is, you know, you get thrown out of a bar by a couple of bouncers. You're, you know, great. You know, maybe you get a black eye. Maybe you know, you get you, you get tossed on your, you know, and you, you break your hand, breaking your own fall. But to, to be beaten in this fashion, this, to this me, is like is 1970s like, Tangiers yeah, in uh, yeah. Vegas. <laughs> like, take this guy that back, kick the shit out of him. Leave him on the street. Tell the police the car hit him. Yeah. No, but to get that's like a crime of passion though. When someone beats you that bad, it's like I imagine that they're beating him and he's still talking. Right. Like 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 Tommy and Goodfellas when the cops. <laughs> <laughs> hey Bing, what are you still doing here? Yeah, exactly. Like like this guy just kept popping up and they just kept putting him back down. But I still don't understand why he pooped in the police car. Do you think he was just so like when you gotta so, go, you gotta go. <laughs> very true. Uh, However, uh, that's the part of the story that I would I would just call, if anything else, I would just try to deny that part of the story altogether. I don't care what, what are they going to do? Did they keep the pants? That's the one part of it. I'd say, hey, I did everything else. That part of the story, absolutely not true. But what would even be better is a girlfriend popped up and was like, listen. He shits his pants all the time. This guy tends to shit his <laughs> pants all the time. So, yeah, the, the craziest part about that is his brother, Jeremy London, who is from um, Party of Five, and I believe Jeremy London was the mall one rats, was in Mallrats. Yeah, he um, he apparently was abducted over the summer at <laughs> gunpoint. No, at gunpoint by, by his brother. by some people. And his story was that they uh, they kept him, ha- they held him hostage, and they made him smoke crack. Oh, that was a couple of years ago, right? No, it was like this past summer. Was it? Sure. Yeah. Well, actually, the crazy part. Of, so, like, he's telling the story, and everyone's like, "Listen, this guy's got a drug problem." No way this obviously this crazy story. So when I was reading this story, I said, Hey, wonder what let me find out what happened to Jeremy. I went back and read it. 
They actually found the guy, one of the people that, that did abduct him. Really? That's a true story. Wow. So now, I, you know, it's funny because you thought Jeremy was the shithead. I mean, he still is, but now you're like, which, which one, how does this surround these two guys? I don't understand like how you talk about one, you know, one guy falling out of, out of favor, falling from grace, but two, that's insane. Lightning strikes twice. Absolutely. It would have been weirder if he shit in his brother's pants. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got to read this copy real quick. So no, nothing's here. Go right. ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, nothing's better than the alibi, like, I was forced at gunpoint to do this. <laughs> like, why'd you rob this bank? I was forced at gunpoint. But he here's the thing now. He lends credence to every other guy who says that that happened to him, and people are like, bullshit. It's like, dude, look at Jason. I want you to read this story. Because here's the thing. One of the guys got caught, and he, he actually pleaded guilty to it. The, the gunman, the guy who actually held the gun to his head, is still at large and may be forcing other celebrities into cars. <laughs> to smoke crack. It, I believe that if you talk to Randy Quaid, it's possible that one of these people is part of the Hollywood Illuminati that that Randy <laughs> that killed Heath Ledger. And uh, what's the other girl who uh, that was in the Eminem killed movie? Killed Jason. Or what's the... Uh, no, the girl that was in the Eminem movie that died in the Brittany shower. Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. It, what's uh, Bruce Lee's kid's name? Brandon. Brandon Lee. He, I don't. Does he claim he did that? Did the Hollywood Illuminati? I'm sure it has oh. something to do with it. Well, I don't know if you saw this last week. Randy Quaid, who I love, absolutely love, just because he's crazy. He's actually now trying to. He got denied Canadian citizenship because you know he's got a couple warrants back here. Denied? I thought they would just take whoever they could uh, get. Apparently not. So all these people that are like saying, "Hey, you know, Canada's better than the United States. They got this great, uh, you know, socialized uh, medicine and everything like that." Apparently, they're not taking Randy Quaid. So I don't know if that's a plus. I think he'll go to Mexico. Or a minus. <laughs> he's got to get. He, he's got to figure out a way to get there. <laughs> if he goes back in the United States, his ass is going to jail. And that's he what he's trying to find avoid. a nonstop flight. He Maybe. had warrants for like meth and all kinds. No, of stuff. no, they were no. His were for like damaging. I think he did like five thousand dollars damage to a hotel room. And I, I don't. I don't. He doesn't have any drug ones. He emptied he, his shitter in a public sewer. <laughs> Shitter's full. <laughs> Got Stitcher. We're on it. So get it. Stitcher's an award-winning provider of news and talk radio for your mobile phone. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smart way to listen to radio. That's it. Excellent. Sweet. Um. So. One of the I a couple people were on our Facebook page were talking about I I actually put it out there I said hey I want to know about any good documentaries coming up or any anybody that's seen anything cool because uh, I was on vacation this week so actually a couple people talked about this documentary Catfish and Catfish is actually their MTV has like a, a show that they're doing right now called Catfish based on the um, on this movie and the reason this is so popular right now is because the uh, Manti Teo situation. Nick, can you give a, a quick rundown of what Catfish, the, the movie, the film? I don't know if it's necessarily a documentary. Right. Uh, Rod McKenzie, my brother-in-law, gave uh, referred it uh, or suggested it. I watched it. Uh, T-voted on MTV. Uh, it was real weird. I After I watched it, I mean, if if you end up watching it, it it's to me it's totally predictable. I mean... There's a bunch of stuff that happens where this guy's getting messages. He's corresponding. Spoiler he, alert. He, it starts out where this guy's getting... I think his name is Neve Shulman. Yeah. Do you have IMDb called up? No. Okay. Well, I just remember that it. is his name. <laughs> He's getting artwork from a supposed eight-year-old girl. He starts corresponding with her. He's a photographer. And he's taking pictures. Sending her, her the pictures. And he, she's, he, she's no, basically he, art, drawing or painting the picture like... Uh, doing she's, a real, yeah, she's doing a painting of a, a picture. A he realistic. Took. Like he takes pictures of dancers. That's what he does. A photographer of like ballet dancers and stuff like that. 
this eight-year-old girl, all of a sudden these pictures start showing up, supposedly painted by an eight-year-old girl, exact replicas of pictures he takes. And they look really good. So he starts... Especially for an eight-year-old girl. Right, he's messaging her back and forth. Next thing you know, he sees that she's got a really hot sister that's this is, this closer is two, to his this age. Supposedly, this takes place in 2007, so it's Facebook, not MySpace. To make a long story short, he starts having this online relationship with this chick, you know... You end up finding out he has like he they're in their chat sex or they're sexting or whatever you want to call it online. That's what I'm calling it. Eventually, and way after I would have taken the leap, this dude decides. Well, let me back up a little bit. They and this is another spoiler alert. They start something's kind of weird I think here. You only really need to put one spoiler out. She out. she's <laughs> sending uh, these songs to him that uh, she's saying that she's saying. Keep an older sister. Yeah. Okay. And. I, I, it doesn't really say how they figure it out, but they're on YouTube and they find out that she actually just took the someone else singing and said it was her and sent it to him. And they, okay. she did it with all these songs. Because he's like, man, this chick can sing. She can do art. You know, she can, you know, sex I, like, a, like a champ. So finally, they're like, this is kind of weird. So lo and behold, I'm assuming when they go there, they're going to find some like fat, disgusting bitch is the one actually behind it, which is pretty much what they do. <laughs> well, I, in... It, the movie goes on like that. They figure that out with like in the first forty-five minutes. So the last hour is basically them like this guy talks to this woman that makes all the stuff. They basically up. bait her in. They're trying to like you know. Make and their... she comes clean and is cr- and like sad about it and everything. So the last hour of the movie pretty much is him still kind of like feeling sorry for this woman because she he kind of sees the situation she's in and she kind of explains like, hey, this is why I did this. My life sucks. Make a long story short, but. I'm like, it's in, I was telling Rob this earlier. I'm like, you know, what's weird is at the beginning of it, it talks about how this dude that Dave mentioned, what was his name again? Neil the main guy. Shulman. His friends start documenting the relationship early on. And, it, and I told Rod, I'm like, well, why would they do that? Right. It was well, just kind of weird. One of the, the guys, and I forget, forgive me, but one of the guys is his brother and his brother's friend. They all three have like a studio in New York. The two, the, the brother and the brother's friend are um, film independent filmmakers, mm-hmm. and he is obviously a photographer. And they share a studio space, so they think it's kind of weird that this dude's having an online relationship. So they're making a documentary not about him supposedly, but about the eight year old painter girl that they're, they're, who's named Abby, and they're I think the story well, or, or the re- girlfriend it, apparently. From they're they're saying through the whole time like hey you know this is about this love like how a love affair blooms with you don't even know this person and you're having these in depth emotional conversations on Facebook and we're gonna follow this thing through until the day you guys meet and it'll all culminate and we'll see what happens with it right they at this point they're letting you believe whether it's true or not that they don't know what's gonna happen at the end they still believe this to be a true person they're not they have no reason to believe otherwise as far as their the movie is is letting you believe correct. Right, Right. but what's weird is, like, for instance, if you were like, hey, I'm going to go grab a beer in the fridge, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to document that. Like, who, when it first started out, like, they were documenting just such Like, you didn't know there's a mouse inside the beer, but you had no idea. It just so happens the one time you videotaped this guy getting the beer out of the fridge has a mouse in it. Why are you being so negative? Why can't you just believe it? (laughs) Because what Dave's saying is, is, I think, what they were trying to say, but if you watch it, it's just like, well, you guys started taping way before you even knew what the hell was going on. Let me ask you this. Would you consider that the Blair Witch ruined everything for you, Nick? Would you consider that once you found out that the Blair Witch Project was actually fake, 
that it just distorted. And that other movie you tried to tell me was real, and I was like, it's not real. Yeah, and you're like, mess, yeah, that paranormal re- paranormal activities. I'm like, dude, it's not real. Ghosts aren't real. That's not real. Well, oh, you stop right there. I, saw the I never told you that I thought it was real. Like after I saw the movie. No, no, no. Before I was telling you while I was seeing it. I'm like, you were saying I'm looking shit, things up online. Saying, yeah, I'm, I'm like on my phone in the theater saying if this is real, this changes everything. Like there's aliens and everything. So I'm <laughs> that googling makes, that it. Makes you sound way smarter. <laughs> I'm googling my wife and me. You're like, what the hell? Because it did, have you seen the movie The Fourth Kind? That's what we're talking about. No. Oh, it, was, it wasn't Paranormal Activity. It was no, the Fourth Kind. Okay. The fourth kind. <laughs> At the beginning of it, um, God, what's the actress's name? She basically comes on as herself in the beginning of the movie saying, hey, this movie's shot like frame for frame to mimic these real video. This real video. Did you not see the Blair Witch Project, though? I mean, it's I did the, same, see that. the same exact thing they did there. Fished no, in. You're no. catfished. You were catfished. It's, yeah. it's I, was, I didn't see the that. movie, but I'm telling you, I remember all the, the, the um, what do you call it? The marketing that they did for Blair Witch where like internet stuff where they were talking about Burkittsville and this is true and the camera guy, the footage was taken from, and it's like, okay, they, they definitely, because it was the first time, I believe, it was like marketing genius because I think they yeah. spent $30,000 oh, to yeah. make that movie. Oh, yeah, made millions. Right. And it, yeah, it made a ton of money and it, had, and it birthed a sequel too. How could there be a sequel to that? It doesn't make any sense. Which, I, obviously, the sequel, they weren't claiming to be true after the story had come out. But you, when you believe that, it made that movie experience that much cooler. Because you're like, I, I don't know. You just want well, to believe. For that you movie, though, that. Right. You could, they could have taken that the video from that movie. And it wasn't like that showed anyone getting killed or it showed ghosts or any kind of supernatural stuff. It was just like some weird things that were kind of creepy. On itself, this that other movie, The Fourth Kind, was set up a little bit different, but that's now, a you whole know what's other weird. Thing. If you remember the marketing, uh, Super Troopers had the same. I swear to God, they had the same kind of marketing where they were putting a bunch of stuff online. Uh, like I'd have to go back and look at what it was, but I remember they had a marketing campaign like talking about how this was a real movie about real, like a real life events of these state troopers, like mimicking <laughs> their witch project. And I remember people like, "Is this for real?" I'm like, "Dude, how many times are you gonna get fished in on this? It's ridiculous." So is catfish good or not? You, I mean, what, what do you, what would you? It's say? worse. It, I mean, it's worse seeing just let, to see. Let me, let me give my rundown. So, I thought because if you did you watch the trailer, no, the trailer is amazing. If you watch the trailer, it the trailer takes you up with like normal, well, great music, whatever, real nice and happy and cheery, and then it's like basically what happens is these guys start to get the feeling that this is a lie, and they make an impromptu trip to Mich from New York to Michigan to drop in on this person. Okay. Because the girl's saying, yeah, you know what? I have family dinner every uh, Sunday at 8 o'clock right. in the morning at, at my mom's house well, at this address that they yeah. send the paintings from. She said my the 8-year-old the apparently had a, a, her own art studio paid for by the mom. And that was, I think, right. a, one of the one of the red flags was... They looked at the address they and found to it was Google just an abandoned building. It. Yeah, it's still for sale. He called the guy and he's like, hey... He called the real estate agent. He's like, hey, was this sold recently or bought? And he's like, this has been on the market for like 8 years. So they're like, obviously they knew that was a lie. So... They go there to surprise the person or whatever, and they find out. Like I said, it's it's a it's a, uh, a fat hillbilly chick who lives somewhere in Michigan, and they have like two disabled Upper children. Peninsula. Yeah, it's like a real sad story. But before that, when in the, the I think they did a really good job because I thought they were to get there, people were get murdered. Even. Like you know, they're <laughs> like you'll never believe what they found, and it's like. And they found a fat hillbilly. Nick was right. It was like, I'm pretty much cool. The only other exception to that was going to be a fat dude. As there was no fat person yeah. at the end of that As computer. soon as she answered the door, I'm like, that's her. You're right. That's, she is doing, she's making up all this bullshit. Well, here's the she thing, too. The, the crazy part about it, 
not only did she make one fake Facebook profile, she did have an eight-year-old daughter who knew nothing about painting. She was the actual painter, this yeah. lady. She made up a story about her daughter because then these guys cornered her eight-year-old daughter and were like, hey, what do you, how much do you paint? She's like, what? I, I got to go play now. Bye. I had no idea what they were talking about. But she made up like 15 different fake Facebook profiles and had them all conversating with each other all day long. Wow. And sending this guy like, hey, you thanks for being supportive of Abby, the eight-year-old. You know, we know her. You know, she's doing really well. This lady was telling them Whoa. that this Abby's paintings were going for $7,000 a piece, and she was this huge phenom. So the, at one point, the brother goes, don't you think if a seven, eight-year-old girl was having, like, this huge painting phenom, somebody would put it in a paper? So there would be some media attention on this? Because right. this is, like, huge. Something, yeah. What's funny is the when, when they're in that. Michigan – the the hillbilly chick that answers the door that this and that would have from what these guys believe that is the mother of the the older right. daughter that they felt that the dude was wanted to meet right while they're there like the mother sends a text acting like it's from the older daughter saying this is really crazy but i just checked into rehab i'm gonna be gone i can't i'm not available it's like, are meet. you kidding me <laughs> but it's almost the- like the episode of seinfeld with the um uh, the Hamptons, when George has got the place the in the Hamptons, it's like, all how right. far do you want to take We're this? We're going to do this. He drives them all the way out there. <laughs> that, like, that's that's kind of like how this chick's winging <laughs> you know it. What, because you it's have like, to these appre- people are here. You have to appreciate. You know it's a lie. You have to appreciate her gamesmanship. You have, That's Lance Armstrong in it right there. You take it all the way to the bone until that's there right. is no way out. This guy had her finally cornered, and he just like he was like you know acting all cool, and they just dropped it on her. He's like, we know you're lying. No, he's, he's like, like, oh. she's like, he's like, I want to know who Angie is. She's like. You're talking to her. Right. I don't, but that was subtle. I don't think he caught that right away. I caught right. that. I don't think he did, honestly. Because I caught that. I said, did she just say she's Angie? Well, but, he, had, he, had, he had thought that he was going to meet this really hot chick that was all about, you know, uh, Do you think she could have been hot in her old day? In her day? So what's Probably the not. what's no. the TV show on MTV? So just it's other like-minded people. people that get screwed over by internet, like fake people on the internet. So um, it's sort of like cheaters. No, because it's it's what I don't think I I haven't seen it, so I'm just speculating. That's not necessarily just about relationship stuff. It's about anything, okay. like people pretending to be people who they are not on the internet, and you being scammed, whether it be well, my thing is money this is like as soon as the internet was conceived, even before that, when when you always heard jokes about the, the phone sex and everything. There's always a fat hillbilly chick at the other end. <laughs> it doesn't matter what. Let me just like, say how this. could you not? For anybody who's gonna be like you know, hey, that's misogynistic. That's wrong. This chick, you. I want you to look at this chick and tell me she's not a fat hillbilly, and then, then we'll have this conversation <laughs> again. So for anybody who's, I'll stop you right now. For anybody who's going to critique Nick for saying that, I was just saying what Nick was saying. I was so we didn't get confused. That's what his. I meant it as was. a compliment. I mean, she's a nice lady. <laughs> yeah. We well, no, she wasn't a nice lady. The worst. Let me. The craziest part, Nick, and and this might be me being very vigilant and just how I am as a person, but Neve, the main guy in the uh, in the story. Had a had a tramp stamp. I I did notice that, and dude. It, it was the craziest thing yeah. ever because I'm like, this. Was why a, is this not being a doc? Why right. is his brother not documenting this? Yes, he bent over to pick something up, and it was like a very like little tribal things on the side of both, like, right like, above his ass on both sides. As a matter of fact, I didn't when I watched it. I didn't know you had seen it yet because if you had seen it, I would have texted you immediately saying, "Did you see this ass?" I wish you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. You, I I was able because I actually was going to text you and I said, "I'm saving this for the podcast because I'm going to make sure I'm going to see if Nick brings it up." And I'm I had forgotten about it. I wrote it down. I think in my phone I wrote (laughs) "tramp stamp." So it's funny because I actually reached out on Twitter from our Twitter account and I I told the um, 
uh, Neve Shulman, I said, hey, we're going to be talking about this show Catfish or the movie Catfish. So now when he, if he, hopefully he listens and he hears it, I can't understand and why that wasn't more of a, a thing brought out in the story, why he has a tramp stamp. Because often guys tease each other and say that, you know, I, that's the first time I've actually seen it. I don't remember ever seeing that before. Because it was very dainty and very feminine too. It wasn't bad. You know, hey, I'm not, who am I to judge? I'm just saying it was what it was. Maybe he's got his whole ass done, and that part that, just stick comes uh, above the belt. You know what? It could be. It could be a freaking blade, like a, a, a phoenix rising from the ashes, or an American eagle or on his ass. From the it, could be the, it could be the hardest ass, coolest tattoo ever. But I only saw the tops of it, which didn't look too hard ass <laughs> or cool. So there is that. Um, the other thing, Nick called me from or was texting me and asking me if I was watching the Super Bowl. And said that um, there was a couple of uh, trailers for movies, so I I wasn't that uh, new documentary Fast and Furious Six. Yeah, <laughs> how many times can Paul Walker and Vin Diesel get pardoned? I, and, and you know what? This is funny because when you said that to me, I'm thinking I don't remember them ever getting pardoned. They did. How did they ever get pardoned? This time they are. Tor- I watched the, the. He's been pardoned before because remember who <laughs> Vin Diesel, Paul Walker's character especially. He's an LA cop in the first one. Right. He then lets he falls Diesel go. Grace because he lets him go. He pulls but a they don't know Johnny that. Utah from they, Point Break. They don't know that he let. Yeah, Toretto they do go. because he's not a cop anymore after that. He walks away from the life. No, no, I'm fairly certain becomes... that like they're you're led to believe in the second one. I wasn't led in the plot where they're like, hey, this guy's an ex cop. You know, he let Toretto go, and that that he, his career went in the shitter after that. I don't think they fired him for letting him go because I mean. How can you prove that the guy had intent? I mean, the guy got away. The guy's a race well, car it, I mean, it is a movie. Right. They're just saying, hey, but, this guy went sideways on us. We right. to, uh, to fire Well, here's him. the thing. He gets As fired. I, he gets well, fired. No, that would probably not get you fired. He gets fired from LAPD and then hired by the FBI. Isn't that how it worked? It wasn't yes. the other way. And so that's crazy in it of, in it of itself that he's he's fired from, for or what you're saying, he either fired or quit. Uh, for botching this investigation, and it's hired by one, probably one of the hardest agent, you know, federal agencies well, to become a part and of. And then in the second, or I mean, in that one, which would be what Fast and Furious, the the previous, the the four, because five call, was let's the just one call with them, the rock. Let's call them by their names. Let's call one, two, four. When he's the FBI agent, let's forget about the third one. Where they're Vin Diesel's Tokyo. sister, or no, Vin Diesel's girlfriend is working for Paul Walker's character. And I, I'm fairly certain that there's some sort of it's worked in there somehow where like if he does all this he's gonna get a pardon but then something falls apart at the end where where the judge ends up falling on Vin Diesel's character and they bust him out at the end so again Paul Walker's character goes rogue against the government against law enforcement and breaks this guy out of jail it what that was uh, number four that was the one that some of the stuff took place in Mexico yeah uh, yeah they drove through a mountain he, he was on the run. And he came back to avenge his girlfriend's killer. Vin Diesel did. Right. And okay. then they did all that stuff. She's not dead. And he turns himself in at the end. Hey, and then the court... hey take me to jail. Yo, take me to jail. Yeah, I he never just, said, he just says he's, I'm not running anymore. <laughs> right. So they take That's him. he's 44 years old, probably can't run. <laughs> and his legs are very short. So they they, they show him in court. They show him in court. And then they give him whatever life in jail or 60 years, whatever it is. Suspended they show him, probation one year. <laughs> no, they, they show him on the bus on the way to prison. And then they show all the cars pull up. Like they're going to bust him the out. They're going to bust him listen, out of the bus. the only sentence for a guy like that, you could put that guy in jail for the rest of his life, will not change him. The best sentence for a guy like that, no more driving. Just take his driver's license away. And you've really... Yeah, that'll probably him. stop him from driving. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> 
That's the Chicago way of thinking. Let, yeah, let's let illegal people, illegal aliens have driver's licenses. They take Vin Diesel's away. I'm sure he will. He's a law-abiding citizen. He'll, he'll abide by that. He'll probably drive safe. I would just say, listen, from now on, you can drive, but it has to be like a, you know, I would let, what, let's put him in like a uh, Ford uh, Festiva or something like that. He'll just you can trick it, it off. However, it's fine. Do it. I want to see what you can do with <laughs> that. I don't know. Can you can you do that? Oh yeah. How fast can you make that car? Pretty fast. Really? Yeah. What car can you not make fast? Let's put Cavalier. it in that. You could put a turbo on. What about anything? that car I used to have, the uh, Mercury Lynx? Can you make that fast? I'm sure somebody could. What put a, a different Yugo, engine in it. A Yugo hatchback. Sure you can. A Yugo hatchback. Sure. I don't. Yeah, but uh, you know what? He's he, either way with him and him driving it. An inch or a mile makes no difference. That's right. But but so in this last movie, winning's winning. He now corrupts the Rock, like he the Rock gets in a situation where the I, Rock's not going to make it out of Brazil because the drug lord's going to take out the Rock. The and drug lord Vin took Diesel, out some of the Rock's people. Vin his, Diesel his steps cop. up and he's like, "Hey, yo, I'm not going to let you know this guy, even though he doesn't like me. I'm going to win him over by helping him win this one battle against where all these like guys who are trained militant drug lords with machine guns and bazookas have them cornered, and Vin Diesel who as far as I know, is a robber, basically a train robber or a semi-truck robber and a car racer, right. is now proficient in small and large arms and military tactics, above and beyond, like, you know, uh, uh, military-esque Brazilian freedom fighters or drug, you know, drug people. Well, the new one, apparently, they're still in South America, and the I'd rock get, comes, there's, a, there's something that goes down and the rock needs their help. So that's where oh, Paul Walker and Vin Diesel are like, full like, pardon and we'll do whatever. The Rock, so that situation ends, and then The Rock, his character is in another situation somewhere. And he's like, man, you know, I just, I'm going to figure, I'm going to give Dominic Toretto a call. He knows his cell number. He's still able to get a hold of him, or he hits him up on Facebook. <laughs> he's like, listen, I know before things were crazy, you helped me out. We kind of did that cool handshake where, where we snap fingers, and we're like, hey, next time we see each other, kind of like heat. You do your thing, I do mine, whatever. The next time we see each other, it's going to be on the battlefield. I, I think I said this before, but if I'm The Rock, are you going to be in a movie where they have Vin Diesel kicking your ass? Because, I mean, The Rock is a, an, a monster. In that fi Fast Five when they got in a fight and The Rock was standing face-to-face -face with Vin Diesel, he looked like a freaking giant. And Vin Diesel wins the fight in the movie. Right, and I don't understand that. Cause Why the don't you understand that? He's way cooler beat the and shit way tougher. out of that guy. Well, I mean, you never know. He throws him like through a window, through a wall, and Vin Diesel just keeps getting back. Vin up, Diesel gets an mad, and then all of a sudden, then he wins because right. he loses his temper. He grabs the wrench like he's gonna. I have kill to tell him. you know, with great power comes great responsibility, and you know, I think that, and also platform shoes apparently. <laughs> I yeah, it's funny that like the Rock is what like six four. Yeah, and Vin, Vin Diesel like five wear, four. He'd have to wear so, high heels to stand face to face with the Rock. I, you know, it's funny. I often wondered, like, how do they have? You know, they must find like really short other action stars. Like a Wasn't lot, a Vin lot Diesel, of, like, like standing for one of the uh, Hobbit characters, and <laughs> uh, like Tom Cruise so is only like Tom Cruise, five, four Tom Cruise five, five, Sylvester Stallone. A lot of those guys are, are short, and I, I always wondered, like, they have like, it seems like um, I, I know if I'm gonna forget the guy who played uh, Machete. Yeah, I said Machete. Uh, Danny, Danny Trejo. Trejo. Like he, he's short too. He's a little guy, but oh, yeah. he's he's pretty buff so if you find other guys that are of that like short you know muscular stature everybody looks he's on your even... favorite show soa yeah no oh yeah. yeah he's on it no it's not my favorite <laughs> uh another another one of the uh 
the previews that came out that I went and watched because Nick's like, hey, you got to watch it. Uh, <laughs> a good day to die hard. What? You gotta I don't know what else they can do. Well, Nick was saying, he's like, hey, listen, I grew up and based a lot of what I do on the John McClane character. Therefore, I'm attached to any vehicle John McClane, not Bruce Willis, but John McClane <laughs> is attached to. I'm going to watch it no matter what. That's Nick saying that. That's not At the theater that. as well. I saw Die Hard. I saw Die Harder. Is that the second one? Mm-hmm. And the one with Sam Jackson. There was a third one. Die Hard with a Vengeance. I didn't see the one where he drives a car into a helicopter. Live Free and Die Hard. As far as I'm concerned, Die Hard is probably in the top three action. My favorite three action movies are probably in the top ten favorite movies of mine of all time. Right. But the other Die Hard movies are all crap. All of them. Except for the first one. The second one's okay, but it wouldn't even make my top 500 as like best movies. Yeah, I didn't like the second one. I thought this one was was uh, Sam Jackson sucked. And, That's the third uh, one. Yeah, the third one. Yeah. I didn't like the second one at all. The fourth one. You didn't think like adding take a, or leave like it. he the second or the third one, he's back in New York and like they're like, you know, you imagine that he's just what you think. Like he goes back there and he's a pain in the ass to the, his PD. It's one of those ones where like the you know the captain brings him to the office and screams like, You're a loose cannon. This you know, guy's gonna be suspended. Yeah. He was he's he drunk, was suspended at the time. Alcoholic. Yeah. Now he's an alcoholic. He's hung over whenever he's on the case. <laughs> but he's still better than everybody else on the whole police department. Right. Which is crazy. And still like it no it, it stops at nothing to get the job done. You know, that's a pretty that's a pretty good work ethic, and you know, got to you got to imagine by that time, by the time Die Hard One comes around, I'm assuming he's probably like a 15 year veteran. When you say, yeah, maybe 10, 15. No, years. I think he says 11 years. Okay, uh, at the beginning. So 11 years. So by the time Die Hard Three comes around, this guy still has that work ethic. That's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, let's so, face it: who here has been hungover and is like, I got I got this case to solve, or going to work? No, yeah, nobody. <laughs> You know what? Honestly, I'm sure we've I, I can all tell you this right now. Never. I was just gonna say this. It never happened. I do not. I I never ever ever not since Even I've had at a career, your previous not, job. No. Yeah. No. Then. Okay. I, since I've had a career, I, I don't do that just because I I feel so miserable that I there's no way I'd be he, able. To he handle. takes like an if I had to work, if I had to work up, days and be at work at six a.m. I wouldn't drink for twenty four hours before. I'd be like a an airline pilot. It's not happening. Right. Just because. Oh my God. I could not. I I, I hate getting up that early anyway. And just to have that. This added. guy gets up early, takes an aspirin and a little bit of coffee, Eggs, and proceeds egg, to aspirin, egg, and extra like half a beer with a cigarette butt in it, and drinks it down. <laughs> and then uh, you know takes care of business for the whole movie. Funny, I was thinking about this the other day because I I rarely rarely get hangovers, but I I actually was uh, had a couple of um, like really hoppy beers the other day, and it, man, it messed up my stomach really bad. But I was in the shower, and I'm thinking. A long time ago when I was, I was a bagger at a grocery store and I remember one of the bosses told me, and this is, this stands true. So anybody who, who does this, I promise you it'll work. The way to beat a hangover is not here of the dog. It's two shits, one shower and a shave. You're good to go. So I don't know how it works, but I w- I was like, man, I feel like shit. And I immediately got up. I shit twice anyway in the morning. I showered, I shaved. I didn't need to be anywhere. Felt like a million bucks. So I want to hear feedback the next time that uh, that you that you feel shitty or you. How can you make over. yourself shit twice? Well, I think that's just you're gonna shit twice. It's it's not saying you have to shit twice in a row. Once all these things are accomplished, whether it be on a t- well, that's a whole be, day. Well, of course, whatever, you're gonna whatever, hang over. Not for me. Be gone by then. Not for me. For me, that's two days. No, you, no. Well, then whatever. <laughs> then, then you know what? It's still it's still a winner. Dave's winning concept. body's working at maximum efficiency. Yeah, don't you think? 
What's that? My body's working at maximum efficiency. Haven't you ever heard Nick's thing about having to pee? No, but I know he pees like every 20 minutes. Where were we going? To uh, to see Gilbert, right? No, Corolla. Corolla. Oh, yeah. And uh, Nick, had, we pulled over on the side of the expressway because Nick was having a panic attack, like urine panic attack. And he's like, dude, just pull over, pull over. And he literally peed for like it was six a, minutes. It was man. a good it, five, six minutes. And I'm talking a steady <laughs> It seemed stream. like forever. Yeah, because cars are whizzing by, people are honking. It was like dark. It was like the dead of night. Like, well, it's winter time, and it was what, like, you know, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, yeah. something yeah. like that. So, yeah, because well, I've been around Nick for a long time, and it was like the first time my brother. Yeah, I'm like, dude, this is gonna take a while. <laughs> and I think I I told this story before where I got out to pee. We were coming back from the Wolves game, and my friend just drove. We were on. The, I think I don't know. We were, we were on, on the, the expressway. Car too. Yeah. We were on the car too. No, I was in the car. I was peeing, and he just drove away like, on the expressway, <laughs> and you can't back up. So he just drove away. And I'm like out there by my, and it was like, there was, I mean, it was late. It was like probably, I don't know, one in the morning or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, it was but, late. But dude, it was barren. This was like a desert, like there's nobody. Because like I said, I had to, I had to walk up to them, which was like <laughs> a block to, like two city blocks up. They just we're, left me we out there. We were probably a good 20 car lengths away. Yeah, I'm like, what, you know, what are you going to do? But I mean, you can't run after him. I'm like, hey, if he's leaving, he's leaving. I'm not going to take off running and pee on myself. I, I guess I'm stuck. We'll figure this out when the time comes. <laughs> Just like I was, you know, got cut off from last week's podcast, but during uh, Steve's bachelor party, a couple people had to get off the bus to pee, and I, 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 I soon they're like, the bus? no, how not. many people were there? Fourteen, and they, the guy was like, hey, we're getting close to the, uh, the place, just hold it, and I'm like, no, I can't hold it, so I literally pushed my way to the front, and um, he, uh, the guy, the, the the best man stopped me and was like, hey, you know, you can't get off the bus because we have to be in this place. And I just pushed him out of the way. I'm like, hey, man, I got my own money. I'll find a cab. I know where. And he's like, it's a bad neighborhood. And I just heard that trail off as I ran out the, <laughs> the door of the bus. Like, hang up. Because they wanted me to pee in a, in a, like a bomber, like a, you know, 33 ounce beer. And it, Steve had already filled it halfway with pee. I'm like, I'm not peeing in there. The guy already peed in there. If it was empty, <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I'm not peeing on his pee. Yeah. So I had to get out of the bus. Uh, anyway. The other, um, the other trailer I watched is the, the one for Lone Ranger. And I got to say, man, I have utter contempt for Johnny Depp. The guy can do anything. No. He, well, he <laughs> tries to do anything. It, it just see, I'm, just, I'm actually very surprised that he got away selective. from like Tim Burton. Right. He, that, that's his bread and butter right there. He puts him in a quirky role. And he does Everyone well. Everyone likes That's it. fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. But like, okay, so he's in the movie The Lone Ranger. You know who he's playing? Who he's playing? Yeah. Tonto. Yeah, he's not playing the Lone Ranger. Right. He's playing Tonto. <laughs> I don't even know who the actor is that's playing. I don't think it's a. It's like a um, big name actor. I don't remember his name. I was I trying to look. I he had saw a mask. I don't remember his had, name. You know, I always laugh because I'm like, why would, you know, a ma- that mask, that's all you got? But I looked at him. I couldn't tell who it was. So I guess yeah. it worked. I thought he was in a. Uh... Um, I think he might have been in that Facebook movie or something. But yeah, I, I hadn't really heard of him or seen him before. What, who's he in the Facebook movie? I, I don't know. I remember just, lo- I thought I looked it up. and it- This guy was a strapping. Those guys were nerds. This guy was kind of a, like a bigger dude. So. It was a couple of years ago. He might have worked out. That could, that's very possible. So, the uh, Nick, you're going to see the Die Hard movie regardless, right? Right. Like I said, I based uh, pretty much most of my life off what I thought John McClane would do in a, any situation. And it's I think it's done me well. I think, um, I know we were talking about the Indiana. You had brought up the, the idea that, or you read somewhere that they were going to reboot the entire Indiana Jones well, I think we were talking about it is happening in general, um, and I said that I had read that when they first made them, 
George Lucas was like, this is what I really want to do is I want to make a bunch of these movies more than what they did. Before I, I, think, I take a bunch of other movies and crash them straight into the, uh, right. the pavement at a million so, miles an hour. Is he going to make her prequel? I don't know. Already I, did. To Indiana Jones? Yeah. Well, Temple of Doom, Temple of Doom is technically a happens a year before Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know that? No. You know why? No. Because the Karen Allen character, Miriam, they, they when they made the movie, they wanted that to be the love story to continue on. And it actually is the love story because uh, Mutt, which is uh, Shia LaBeouf's character, is the, the love child of Miriam and Indy. But in the second movie, they used... Um, the blonde chick, and I can't, I can't, her name escapes me right now. Um, but Kate, is it Kate, Kate Capshaw? Yeah, which one they came out first? The Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark. So, Temple of Doom comes out second, but, but they, it, it has to, it's a prequel because the studio said, Oh, we got to make this earlier because we don't want people to think that Indy cheats on Miriam because they I, were planning on making. I think more movies with well, Miriam as his main squeeze. George but, Lucas and, and Spielberg wanted there to be a different love interest for every movie. They wanted it to be like Bond, where it was a you know he was pretty much just going out and picking up a random chick. He doesn't that have time. Adventure. He doesn't have time. Here's the thing with Indiana Jones, like with James Bond, that's fine because it's part of his his aura or whatever is what he does. And I want to say this real quick: I could care less about James Bond. I don't like James Bond, uh, but Indiana Jones, like. Some of the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark again, one of the greatest movies ever, standing alone as far as Indiana Jones movies goes, is an awesome movie. Even Temple of Doom, I like a lot. It just, you know, I, I, and I, I really don't have a problem with the Last Crusade, but it, it, it definitely was a departure from the from the previous two movies as far as how good it was. Well, I mean, I think the general consensus is the second one was not as good, and the third one was. Do you good. believe? Is that how you agree? You think you think Last Crusade was better than Temple of Doom? Yeah. Short round. Short round definitely doesn't hurt the movie, but you think John Goodman could play short round in a reboot? I think that you could easily find a role for John Goodman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but so what we were talking about? What were we? Remember we we got? I remember how we got to that next. uh, We were talking about George Lucas. Well, one of the reasons, and I was reading this somewhere. I don't know if it's. If you know, it could have just been some. We're gonna just say it's true. Idiot fanboy writing it, but George Lucas lost so much money on Howard the Duck, and he had just built his big Skywalker ranch. How did he lose money on that? It's a. It was a good thing I was sitting down because I was shocked. (laughs) Here's the thing: before the the media and the internet, it had to be a lot harder to 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 get the word out that your movie would like suck big donkey balls. Right. Than it is now. I, I love Howard the Duck. Well, I think people then. just put a lot yeah, of stake like in like six. Cisco right. Or, so you didn't really have a choice. It was whatever movie someone put in front of you. And right. You either liked it or well, didn't like it. But you, it, was it wasn't like you were going to your friends and be like, dude, what now watch Howard the Duck. Was recorded before and after that in the VHS. We never had Howard the Duck. We did not have Howard the Duck on VHS. I don't think we did. No, definitely not. Maybe Space Camp if we did, <laughs> which was definitely, I believe, better than it Howard the Duck. could be the boy who could fly. Um, I, I What doesn't make sense is, so he makes all three Star Wars, the first um, four, five, and six. Then he makes Howard the Duck? Or yes. he makes... That's I guess the bigger question is, why? how was he, you know... He's not obviously the genius people make him out to be. Because... On any planet, I believe Star Wars is, is definitely a, geared toward families, and it's geared toward like a younger audience. As is, so he thinks this is good. He's right. He thinks this is good. He's couldn't be more wrong. Well, the first 
movies that came out, the four, five, and six, he didn't have the money. He had to get people, obviously, right. studios and stuff to, and a lot of people had input. Now, I think he's pretty much credited with the imagining the entire world, which is awesome. But obviously, the prequel movies, he was able to, I believe, produce and do lots of himself because he had enough money at that time. And nobody liked any of them. Right. So I think there was very little outside input. And I, and from what I've read is with each one, the first one, pretty much all him. Second one, there was a little bit of input. And then the third one, I, from my understanding, Steven Spielberg. And then somebody else was actually giving him a lot of input, I think, just saying, you know, dude, you've, you've got to do something. Or these movies are going to be awful. Because I think each one got a little bit better than the previous one. But um, I, what we were talking about for this Indiana Jones thing like is Justin Timberlake. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we were just talking about you know their idea for Indiana Jones being like James Bond, and I said they could very easily reboot it, let a totally different director go after it. There's a million comic books and stories that you know related to it, and they could just have another actor play Indiana Jones because okay, I'm, I'm, Harrison Ford is kind of worn out as welcome. You think? You well, plus he's another guy that like he seems like just a just a, just a prick of a like he just too, like Hollywood elitist to me. Well, oddly enough, a family friend of ours, uh, she's my parents' age. She was down in uh, Belize or somewhere down in like Mexico or South America or something. And he was filming a movie. There's a movie where oh god, what's it called? Witness. Something coast, I think. His it, it's. Uh, Mosquito Coast? Yes. He was filming it <laughs> down Phoenix. there. I think that was his last And movie. Um, I guess she ran into him and just wanted to grab a quick picture. And he was like by himself or something. And I guess he basically scuffed at her and was like, no. And like walked away. And it was like so traumatizing for her. And I mean, who knows it's the like circumstances. The strawberry flipping Maybe he's having the worst day of his life. But it, that story, I think, backs up what you're saying, where this guy's just a Hollywood elitist. Let me ask you, does it surprise you more that he was he was rude to her or that Daryl Strawberry flipped off a child? In 1986, the year they won, you know, when they, when they were, it was on high. And when I say he was on high, I mean he was high, and they were on high. <laughs> I think that it would be a little more shocking, the Daryl Strawberry thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what did I do? I just yelled his name, you know, incessantly for like 20 minutes. Where'd you see him? Oh, that was, grandpa, that I, was at the Cubs game yeah. we were at, right? Yeah. I remember that. Uh, so yeah, that still sticks with me. Yeah, no. So the question I had was, and I, who go around the table? Is, you know, hopefully we can get it done quick enough. If they were going to recast Indiana Jones, and don't take mine, Nick. All right. Who who would you say would be a good Indiana Jones? I don't know. Just you, I think, about think about it. Think about Indiana Jones and what he represents. Who would be good? Serious, honest, an honest, serious answer, Nick. Do you have anybody? Steve Zahn. Get the fuck out of here. I know. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> you, I actually thought when you said that, I go, eh, wait a second. Steve Paul Zahn. Walker? Yeah. Um, not, definitely not Vin Diesel. No, I'm going to throw out a couple names. Vin Diesel is short round. I'm going to throw out two names. <laughs> I want Lucy Liu is short round. I'm going to throw out two names, and I'm not necessarily saying that, think that they would be the best ever. If I really thought about it, I could probably come up with someone better. But if they were to throw like a Russell Crowe or like a Hugh Jackman... I think they're too old. I yeah, like to see a younger Indiana Jones. Well, I, I say I say uh, Josh Brolin. No, I thought that was a good uh, one. Josh Brolin has he's got that like that jaw that like like superhero esque looking like face going. He's kind of rugged, real handsome. So I think, <laughs> I think he'd be good. 
maybe, maybe Ryan Gosling. What do you think about? Yeah, what do you think about maybe uh, like Bieber as uh, Mutt? <laughs> no, seriously, I, I think Josh. Bro- he, he I think Josh do Brolin, any worse than you know who? I think that Josh Brolin would be a very uh, a great Indiana Jones. So, how old do you think Harrison Ford was when he? When oh, they first did it, oh, he was like, like in his 30s. mid to late forties. No, thirty. He was like forty. I think he he was like forty five when he did Temple of Doom. Really? Yeah, I just seen this. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. But he looked young then. He he hit the wall though. Like he looked oh, really young, and then he yeah he he hit the wall harder than you know Brooke Shields wanted to do when she had to postpartum with her children in the car. Well, <laughs> if you Google Harrison Ford partying, Nick, I was waiting for you to be like. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Nicholas Cage would be a good. Uh, if any, he wouldn't I, be good anything. I, I'm glad. I, you know, for a while there, I wasn't sure whether or not you know you were. I, I don't know how to take people when they when they say Nicholas Cage. I know Steve thinks he's good, but obviously Steve's a little bit off. There is absolutely <laughs> no way that Steve looks like Justin Timberlake, or that uh, Nicholas Cage is good in anything except for raising Arizona. Let me ask you and this: and leaving Las Vegas. If, if Nicholas Cage that, after and Conair, that's it. If Nicholas Cage after raising her, you thought he was good in Connor. I I liked Connor. Just no, no, the bad he sucked. Yeah, you know, no, he he's you know what? I'll take that. The one best back. part about that movie was Steve Buscemi. Uh, I think the best part of it was the fact that not only did they give Nicholas Cage ridiculous, I mean his hair was so beyond ridiculous, <laughs> and he he's tall and like he's pretty lean, but he wasn't big, and they make him out to be you know he's a green beret or whatever the backstory is, but it's like dude. Let me tell you something. In in the, in the real world, in the real world back here, I, I I honestly believe this. No disrespect to anybody in special forces, but when it comes down to it, like when you're back and you're you don't practice that stuff every day. I mean, they know how to handle this almost for sure. I mean, they go over these drills all the time. But in the real world, like this dude's taking on a plane of of you know bad guys with that probably some of them have similar experience or they've been in, they've been around the block. They've been fighting in prisons for, you know, however many years. Decades. Have no honor. We're just right. kill somebody. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Them. So, I mean, it just, it, I mean, I guess that it shows you the American spirit and the, the spirit of the, the spirit of the soldier, which the premise again, is so ridiculous. I hate yeah, talking about Connor. Like, girl. well, Hey, this guy's <laughs> like defending his, his, his wife's honor in a bar and two dudes jump him. And he basically defends himself. And ends up going to prison for self-defense. Being a lethal weapon. Yeah, exactly. He should have said his, his hands were registered as deadly What I was going to ask you before is, if Nicolas Cage, after raising Arizona, would have said, this is the best I am ever going to do, I salute you, Hollywood, I'm out. Wait, would it have changed what you thought about him? I would never have thought about him again, so I don't know. <laughs> I, You'd have like, been like, what what that that no, I wouldn't even have said that. I, would have been, I wouldn't have said what happened to Nicolas Cage. I'd say... Man, that guy that was in that movie, Raising Arizona, it was really good. And I'm glad, you know, I wish, I would like to see what else he could have come. See, it's like going back to the future and realizing that you left something there and now you've altered reality forever and you have a Bifco in him. <laughs> because it's, I think, now you, you hit on something. I think somebody may have went back to the future, screwed something up, ruined the space-time continuum, and Nicolas Cage, this is, our we're living, now- in, we're living in Nicolas Cage's alternate reality you know, because of some screw up that somebody did somewhere along the line. Nicholas Cage and Keanu Reeves, I can't think of one person who's like, dude, that actor is awesome. Anything they're in, I'll see. They both are just awful people. Hate they're them. They're awful people. <laughs> hate them. And they're, they're moving. Not, dude, they're not like, like people don't hate them as much as they hate Oprah, do they? Uh, like, that's a, that's a horrible human being. Right. I think yeah. most women like Oprah, or at least they did. They like, don't care what they like. If you, about me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look at. 
a lot of the movies that both those guys have been in and, and just think like, man, you know, I'm going to find an actor that could have replaced them and made the movie better. Because yeah. some of the movies that they're in are all right. I, it's I, just them I, in the movie making the movie suck. I'm not sure, like, if there's any one actor. I mean, I like John Goodman. Kind of got a man crush on Ryan Gosling. And Steve has a man crush on Ryan Gosling. But I don't know, like, there's how, what actor do you go out there and you, you just tout left and right? Like, you're like, Bruce oh. Willis. I'm like, this guy, when you put him I don't in believe this it. guy's going to bring I don't him, believe the it. Guy, this guy's going to make it rain. Will you it. go see every movie that he's in? No. Well then you're wrong. Then you're then that doesn't make sense what you just like said. when when they say Bruce Willis is in such and what, such you got you feel like you want to go see it. What was the movie? No, the oh, si- that's you're asking me like if someone that would yeah. make me see a movie no yeah. matter what. Just because the actor De Niro is one of those actors, but he talk about a guy who's now wait this is going to be crazy. Awesome actor in doing one thing very well. Okay, right? being an Italian guy, superb. He's the Sam Jackson being of Italians. A well, Raging Bull, awesome. The guy lost a ton of weight. He did, you know, but he's he's held up on this this pedestal. Gained weight, didn't lose. And, and yeah, gained weight. Well, then lost it again. Obviously, for he wasn't fat the rest of his life. But to, talk about a guy who, like, say we say Sam Jackson will never turn down anything. Wouldn't turn down a thing. Well, Robert De Niro's like that too. Now that's what I'm saying. Not now. Before he was in Rocky and Bullwinkle. I mean, he's done some real crap. But. It's one thing doing a kid movie, but when you do three Meet the Parent movies, come on. Yeah, I would agree after the second. That's just one. a cash cow. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like all the they're all big names. So I wonder what it costs to just the bottom line for the actors. I'm sure you can find out what it costs to get Ben Stiller. Uh, what's her name? Is it a Barbara? Or, Barbara, um, Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Luke Wilson. Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson. Owen Wilson. Uh, ben, uh, that's a lot of dough, man. Yeah, I mean, those, those are all like top tier people. So, I, I mean, there's no way they could have made. They had to have. I was gonna say, there's no way they could have made money on that second movie to to get to I, interest to make it. Had to over unless they signed on right away just for a three picture deal, and they're like, we're either gonna have to eat because the first one the is money. so big. They made a you know the first deal one for was the great. two other ones, right? Because all that they could have left wasn't it involved. at that. Yeah, you, I don't want to. I don't really care. That's the, that's the the problem is people just don't. And I I don't think it's the actors. I just think it's the studios. You know, like they have an opportunity, they'll put out a second shitty movie because people will go out. and It's see business. It. They're making money. It, they won't know it's shitty till they've already paid the money to see it. I guarantee right. they made money on all three of them. Oh, and yeah. I, I'm sure that they made enough money on the third one that they would probably do a fourth. So yeah, those actors got paid a lot. But I mean, they're not. They don't care if the movie's good or not. They just—it's business. They're putting. They're doing a formula to get us to go see the movie. What's that formula? I wish I knew. De Niro plus anything equals ticket sales. <laughs> I mean, here, here's the thing. Like I said, I, I love Robert De Niro in the movies. I love him in. You couldn't. There's no way you could remake Goodfellas with anybody but it, no reboot. No. John I know Goodman. you were saying like, hey, I'd like to see a sequel to Goodfellas. No, um, but again, I think you'd be—I think you'd be real sorry because unless it was those same people and they did it while those people were in the same age frame and like they can't go back yeah, and do it and now. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind seeing. But the it rest of Henry Hill story. But the thing is, it wouldn't be what you want it to be. Just because you know, I the Henry Hill story is a sad, sad I, I've story. Been, I've been listening to Howard forever, like I said, and he Henry Hill is like a recurring guest on Howard. He was. So I pretty much followed those his story all along, and there's nothing awesome about it in the least. I mean, it's it's pathetic. And is sad. it more depressing than the hillbilly chick Dude, he, from? He, he was he was uh, raped. He was raped outside of a bar. Like this isn't the guy you think. It's not the Henry Hill that walked across and, and beat the neighbor with a pistol. You know, to 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 protect the honor of his of his you know girlfriend. 
this guy was a, a, a broken down, you know, alcoholic. drug dealer, alcoholic that, you know, lived a sad life. So it's funny that like, I, I know what you're saying. It's like, I, I want him to be the same guy. And I, you know, even though he's that's technically it. a bad it's guy. It's done. There's nothing we could do. <laughs> that's probably my, the single best scene in a movie ever is when De Niro calls to find out if, uh, if Tommy got, if he got you know, made, if he got made and he finds out. He, he sure did. <laughs> Well, but my favorite part about the whole thing is that the old guy on the phone is like, ah, we did what we could do. It didn't work out. It's, uh, it's, it's it is. He's gone. What do you mean he's gone? <laughs> hey, you know, he's gone. Not a thing we could do about yeah, it. Yeah, there's not a thing we could do about it. And it's just simple. I want to, I, I literally want to, every phone call that comes when someone asks me a question, that's how I want to respond with an exact. <laughs> and it was people are being You don't confused. just say yes or no. You're, I'm like, hey, what do you have for dinner? Well, you know, we're uh, having something here. The, yeah. The other thing I want to do, um, is I want to put a uh, something on my, my my medicine cabinet mirror, so anytime somebody opens it, it goes, "Hey, why you open the medicine cabinet?" Because I have this theory that everybody that ever goes in anyone else's bathroom, I don't know how you feel, and this is we obviously this before. I don't yeah, believe obviously it. because I do it. Is everyone looks in your medicine cabinet when they're in your bathroom? I've never done it, and we don't have one in my house. Well, that's well, that's why you haven't done it. No, I don't. I have never done it at anybody's house. Maybe I'd be the only one setting the alarm off then. I guess. No, I don't believe that to be the truth. I also believe... Yeah, no, no. I'm not going to get into that. Um, that sounds like something from like a Seinfeld episode. And it's like you you find something in there that you're like, maybe I should be friends with this person anymore. Yeah, remember it was because Jerry uh, dropped her, tooth, her, uh, her toothbrush in the toilet. <laughs> don't you remember? And then he put it back and he didn't tell her. And she wanted to kiss him. And he's like... Mm. No, wait, wasn't there no, one with something the cream? Else and there she was one with a cream or something he found. And he was like, what is this cream? It was a salve. It was yeah. It was she had a salve? It was, that wasn't the tractor story one, was it? Where she said she got gonorrhea for riding a tractor. <laughs> I don't know if that is the same one or not, but I thought there was one where he found a cream and he wanted to know and he was asking about what it was for. Um, real quick before we we're gonna wrap up here, I want to do if anybody has any like shout outs about anything they're watching or anything that they found that they think is cool that they want to tell people about. Now is the time. Nothing, Nick, Mike. No, not really. No, uh, no, I just watched The Americans this week. New show on FX. Excellent. Absolutely. I watched the pilot. It was about a 90-minute, uh, the first episode. It was Felicity, excellent. dude, looking hot. Bring it. She, she brought it. What's, she that, killed. what's that show about? It, their rush, it takes place like in the 80s, like in the beginning of the Reagan administration, like the height of the Cold War. And they're Russian spies that have been... Elizabeth and inserted in the United States to live as Americans as a normal family, but they're doing all this, you know, espionage. They're spying. They're they're That's killing much it. defectors, <laughs> and it's he's know, the like they're doing all this good. espionage, spying. What else is? What else do you do with espionage? It's your uh, trade secrets. Are you? I didn't. I didn't know it started yet. I'll have to watch it. Yeah, it was. It, it's uh. It's probably on. It's on night. FX. I, th- I think it's on Wednesdays. Yeah, it's on Wednesdays, Wednesdays at, at like nine o'clock. But you know, that's central replayed. time, nine o'clock. But um, it's uh, yeah, they're KGB agents. But the the, the kicker is, um, they have kids too that they're and their kids have no idea that they're because they don't speak with Russian accents. They both speak. They're both Russians. Okay. But you wouldn't be able to tell by their accents. And the, the the female is Carrie Russell who played Felicity. Man, she looks really good too. But um, across the street moved in an FBI agent who does counter uh, terrorist stuff. That, oh, that's convenient. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the one thing I was kind of like, man, it's kind of like... They made it too convenient. Like, like really, like it's going to get right into it. The bad thing right. and, like, you know, the Dexter thing. But nothing I like more than um, than Russian, like, Russian crime and Russian mob 
and KGB for me personally, like to organize crime wise, like I've seen enough of the Italian mob. I could care less. Like if you put out a movie about or a show about the Westies or something like, you know, uh, with um, Whitey Ford or something, is that his name? Yeah. The guy that the FBI arrested. Yeah. Um, like something with Irish. Cause remember there was a show for a while. It was like a couple of kids. who were Black Irish. Kids. Yeah. Is that what it was called? I think so. So whatever it was called. Uh, yeah, I like organized crime stuff, but this is cool because it's about, it's about the Cold War, like you know, like you said, right as the Cold War begins and about the KGB. Different, guys, it's a different idea for a show. Did you guys catch that new Kevin Bacon show, The Following? No. I've FBI show. Heard it's it pretty good. Right. I don't it's like good. it. I don't want to watch it just because I, I, I don't like the, the closer. Yeah. That's his wife or whatever. It seems like the same thing. No. Like it's, they oh. have to bring her in because she's the only one no, that can, no, no, that can no. do We know somebody like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, another, uh, we got uh, Walking Dead coming back Sunday. That's This Sunday? Yeah. Really? The 10th. I haven't February. seen any promotions for it at all. Um, yeah, I guess I really haven't either. But, you know, they're, I don't Actually, know if this my, is. Logan told me it. My eight-year-old said, told me that. <laughs> I don't know that they're doing it like this every year where there's going to be like a first season and the second season. I sure hope within... not. I sure hope not. I'm, I'll tell you what, I'm not that excited about it because the whole thing with that little, the town that they're in now, it doesn't do it for me. I, really? I like it when they're, I like it when they're hustling. They're moving from place to place. I don't like the whole idea of the utopia, like this, there's a society and then, you know, this and that. Um, you hear that? Yeah, I just started getting an yeah. echo. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, I just want to throw it out there again, Impractical Jokers. I think their season starts up here uh, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Uh, a couple weeks ago it started. Did it? Yeah. Did but it? it's been fantastic oh, so far. So they do an episode, and then they do, um, they do an old episode, and then they do a new episode. But... Um, Great show, probably the funniest reality show of, of all the reality shows. Super funny. If anybody watches it, and I, I, I can't believe that somebody wouldn't enjoy it. Um, another one that's coming back is Bar Rescue is finally returning. Um, John Taffer. Yeah, next Sunday at 10 o'clock Central Time, so check your check. Oh, just set my check your TiVo. Absolutely one of the greatest shows ever, just for the faces that John Taffer makes. And you know that it, this year it's going to be even more over the top than it has. Let me ask you, you believe that John Taffer is one of the most grotesque human beings you've ever looked at? I mean, he's just hard to look at. Well, my wife's always like, oh, he's got so much Botox. I'm like, I don't know, because this dude would have done something about his hair, I'm assuming, way before he was really getting Botox. I don't know what you think about There's that. T- I just saw an episode tonight where his hair was flopped up. It looked like <laughs> David Spade at the end of Tommy Boy. He was like in the background, and I'm like, really? There's nobody that could have like been like, psh, psh, throw the hair down a little bit. Well, I, the reason why I was texting you today about when, the one with the Abby being on, because that's the guy that blew the whistle on Bartman. On, uh, oh, really? Yeah, remember on the documentary yeah, yeah, yeah. with Bartman, they're was interviewing uh, Looney, or I, can't, I think that's his last name, Looney or Luby. Yeah, and he's the owner of the Abbey, but he's the one that blows the, the whistle on Bartman. Did they show him in the episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Him and his brother is he's a fire. The one that blew the whistle is the fireman. His brother is the one that was like an electrician taking over the business. But it's funny because you're like, hey, that's the guy that blew the whistle on Bartman. Um. So the other, the last show that I just started watching, it used to, last year it was called American Diggers, and this year it's called uh, Have you seen it? Savage no. Family Diggers. Absolutely amazing show. I, you, I think a lot of people would be like, eh, I'm not interested because you watch all the, uh, you know, Storage Wars and all those shows and they just get redundant. But this one is like um, Rick Savage, the wrestler from the 90s. He basically owns a company called Savage, American Savage, and they go around and they find like old battlegrounds and stuff. And old, Not Randy Savage. No, not Randy okay. Savage. 
Um, Cause he's dead. Right. No, it wasn't. <laughs> they go around with uh, like metal detectors and like uh, x-ray machines and stuff. And they, they go to these old battlegrounds and old Indian burial grounds and all these old, like, you know, historical places. They, they go to some uh, Chicago historical, you know, places where Capone would have been or, and they detect stuff in walls and whatnot. And then they break the walls out. And if they recover stuff, they sell it. And then they split the profit with the landowner. And actually like, this guy is very knowledgeable unless they stop it and then they tell him a bunch of stuff research on and it. then he gets to talk I'm, about it I'm assuming it's e- either way. And I'd like him to respond to this. Rick Savage respond in some way, shape or form how this happens. Whenever he finds something, he's able to talk very knowledgeable about it. So I have no reason to believe that he's not knowledgeable about it, but anyway, it's a really awesome show. Check it out. I think that one is on now it's called Savage, uh, Savage family diggers. Because it's like him and his family instead of the last season. He had some other people that weren't family members that helped him out. And I think that's on, on Sundays as well. Let me just make sure. I think I wrote it down here. Um, no, that's actually on Wednesdays, I think at 9 o'clock. And his Twitter is at Rick Rita Savage. R-I-C-R-I-T-A-S-A-V-A-G-E. Rick Rita Savage. Um, that's going to be it. We're going to be clearing out here in a second. Uh, before we do, I want to ask Nick a question. I know he's uh, big on movies and one that uh, Dad used to make us watch all the time, uh, The Perfect Weapon, Jeff Speakman. Have that? you ever seen that? A real long time ago. I don't think anyone's ever seen it more than once. We have. I have. <laughs> yeah. well, I remember... I, when I say that, I always, I always mean with the exception of us. I remember the previews coming out, and they were marketing it hard. Like, this guy's the next Schwarzenegger. You remember I that? They, I don't know if they did that. But. I remember as a kid seeing the trailers and the previews and everything, and they were really hitting that movie hard. And that was back when you still had, like, action movies where there was, like, one bankable star like Schwarzenegger Stallone back then. And I remember seeing it a long time when ago. When it was believable that one guy is right. what it took. Instead of putting them all in one movie? To write all the wrongs. I remember, I you know, I just remember, like, I never heard of this guy before, but they're telling you to see this movie because he's in it. I don't know what happened to him after that movie. I I, I don't, yeah, I don't know either. I can tell you this, when you made your comment about the uh, Expendables, when they're all in one movie, the first, I didn't see the second one, but the first one's amazing. It's everything you want it to uh, be. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. It's awesome. It's actually (laughs) cool. I haven't uh, worn everything else out yet to get to that. All right, real quick, um, the email for the podcast is davespodcast2012 at gmail.com, D-A-V-E-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T 2012 at gmail.com. Um, and you could search uh, Hey My Man on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search uh, Hey My Man. You should be able to find it. Check out our new um, T-shirt design. It's up on the page now. Make sure you uh, go to the episodes on Podbean or wherever you listen to it. Leave comments, rate the episodes. See you next week.